0: Welcome to Meraki Mentors, a podcast featuring women who create. We interview creatives
1: from every field and around the globe to discuss art, risk-taking and what it means to live a creative life. Here's your host, Candace Howes.
0: To Meraki Mentors. This is your host Candice, and I am so excited to join or to introduce you to our guest who's joining us today. Um, she is just an amazing creative. She's starting her own podcast as well and has some really, really cool things to share with us today. So first and foremost, I just want to thank you, Tezra, for being here with us and just sharing your time with the podcast.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. So I'm going to um, give you a moment to kind of introduce yourself to the audience in your own words and just kind of tell us um, what you do um, and kind of, yeah, just your own little soapbox. (laughs) Uh,
1: Thank you. So I so I've been starting to call myself a multimedia artist Mm -hmm. now, Um, just like (laughs) a combination of like all the things that I've been doing. Uh, But I've been um, a photographer uh, for about, I want to say maybe 10 years. Um, I was doing it part-time for most of that. Um, So it was like, I had a full-time job and I was just doing like photography when people called me or friends or, you know, just other artists I knew needed something. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I left my job in the end of 2017. Um, So it's been like a full-time thing for only about a year and a half. Um, And I also dabble around in uh, some video projects. Um, I do some producing. um, And then, of course, I have the podcast now. Uh, And then I also do... um, I went to school for uh, arts administration. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I been working with a lot of different organizations in the Philadelphia area um, around things like um, program management or um, engagement, artist engagement, um, and even um, producing media and content for them.
0: That's awesome. So I'll kind of start with just, um, I know you say you've been kind of a photographer for about 10 years or so. Did you kind of break into it sort of randomly or was it something you've always been interested in?
1: Yeah, I think um, I, I think uh, maybe some of both <laughs> in a way. Um, I like when I think about myself as an artist, um, and I tell people like the things that I do. I'm like, I feel like I do a little bit of everything, kinda. And um, as a child, like I was always a creative. Um, I was more into like visual arts uh, back then, so I was like. I, was, I swore I was going to be like an animator for Disney or something, <laughs> or like an architect or something like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've always been in the arts and... um I've kind of, i say I've kind of like evolved through different art forms throughout like different stages of my life. Um, So when I was younger, I was like more quiet and reserved, you know, so I stayed to myself. I was like drawing pictures and all that kind of stuff. And then when I was like a teen I kind of used theater as a way for like expression because I was like a shy kid. You know, I wanted to, you know, be able to engage with people more or, you know, speak in public a little easier. So I was like, maybe if I, you know, learn theater, this will help some. Um, And then I would say like in college, I explored more with like spoken word and poetry. Um, And that was like a weird time for me because I was like, um, you know, like, Explore my own sexuality and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a way for me to like talk, you know, and get that stuff out of my head when I felt like I couldn't talk to other people. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, like I've always been, you know, an observer. So photography just kind of came to me just, you know, like I would be on trips or something. I would just take pictures. I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm a photographer, you know, I was just like documenting the beautiful things that I saw, you know, Um, and I like, I'm a, I'm an 80s baby. So I I grew up, my parents had like rolls and rolls of like, unprocessed (laughs) film in their house. (laughs) So, you know, like, you know, I guess that kind of was like always around in a sense. And then, you know, people started to say, wow, these pictures kind of look like postcards or something. Like, maybe you should do this more professionally. Um, And, you know, I just had people around me who were encouraging me to, like, just move forward in it. And then I started to, like, really fall in love with uh, being able to, like, see things in a different perspective or for people to look at my work and say, wow, like, I would have never thought, like, a picture of that, like, trash on the ground would look so beautiful, you know? So. It was like something that I started to practice, you know, I took classes, um, you know, and I really kind of like, you know, pro- just move forward in it. Um, and it like morphed into different things like film projects. And, um, now I'm doing like the podcast stuff, which is like, <laughs> I would say like just another lane off of that with the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm learning, I, I. I, I, I guess I've figured out a way to um, use skills from different art forms to, you know, create the things that I create now. So, you know, whether I'm doing like a film project, you know, I'm looking at things from a photography perspective. I'm thinking about things now from like an audio perspective, you know, and like all those things like lend to each other, you know.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's really cool to be able to merge those different disciplines together and not necessarily just get stuck in one lane or thinking that there's one form of expression. So it's really nice to see how you're kind of bridging the gap and using different aspects of that art.
1: And I think I'm I'm, I'm just starting to like, you know, like have some respect for that in a sense. Uh, Because I think, um, especially like when I was younger, and I was like training in theater, it was like, you know, like you train so hard to be this in this specific art form, you know, and it's like, you know, when you see other people, you're like, oh, this rapper is now like an actor. You you kind of like, what are they doing? You know, <laughs> like stay in your lane. Um, and then sometimes, like, I, I I don't always feel like an artist, you know, like I feel I see like a someone who's a painter and they've been like training in that for like 10 years. And I'm like, well, I've had a little bit of like this and a little bit of this. And I'm like putting together this, but it is like, um, you know, like, a, I guess more of a collaborative approach between the arts and they, you know, like they do, you know, that that's the way that I express, you know, like mm-hmm. coming out in that way, um, kind of an amalgamation of all the things that i learned. So, you know, I'm just starting to like, you know you know be like yeah you know
0: i'm a little bit of an artist now you know absolutely and you know i think that's such a great um a great conversation to have because i think so many times we are naturally using these creative skills that we have or just experimenting and it does it does take a little bit to kind of you know accept that moniker and say oh, i am an artist or i am a creative, because it can it seems like something that maybe is reserved for a certain group of people who have right. maybe done certain things. But um, I love that in exploring that you're saying, hey, this is also a part of who I am, too.
1: Yeah.
0: And I know I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about your form of photography, which I think is really interesting, as I know you do work a lot with different kind of like organizations and corporations and places. So is that something that you feel drawn to creatively or was it kind of something that fell into your lap in terms of this was an opportunity and you're able to kind of make a business out of it?
1: Uh, I, I definitely think it's some of both, you know, like I say, um, D- different parts of, like, or or different creative forms that I've learned have kind of um, influenced other parts, you know, so being in the theater, being an observer, um, you know, just having a love for, you know, seeing those types of things on stage, um, that was always, like, interesting to me, too, so I do, I do a lot of, like, um, candid photography stuff that's, like, unposed. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff where you get, like, the feel and like the background sense of like what's going on, you know. Um, so I've always been like a watcher, like an observer. I really don't like, you know, pose stuff. So I don't shoot a lot of like weddings. Um, I do shoot a lot of artists, <laughs> um, you know, so that's that's not necessarily something that I always want to shoot, like uh, portraits and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I find with artists, they have like you know, interest in personality with them, or it's just something else, you know, or people who are like really fashionable, you know, those are the kind of people that are drawn, that I'm drawn to in terms of like photography. So I think um, like right now, uh, like my motto kind of for my photography is live, eat, go. Um, So I photograph um, interiors, uh, real estate, um, architecture, that kind of stuff, stills, (laughs) things that aren't moving, um, but are interesting, textural, you know, colorful, um, you know, just seeing those types of things, like bringing people into a space, like, wow, I want to stay in this space, or wow, this food looks so delicious, I want to eat that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then also uh, the... um, event photography. So I'm just documenting, um, you know, what's going on in the field, the atmosphere of an event, of a program, of an organization. Um, So I shoot a lot of like, you know, conferences or festivals, um, artistic events or theater events, um, things like that.
0: Yeah, I would be interested like, if you wouldn't mind sharing, like, how has that process of forming those relationships been?
1: Definitely. I definitely had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I was like, uh, hey, don't you need, you know, and then sometimes uh, be, because I'm an artist, like, I'm kind of surrounded by, like, opportunity in a sense to to learn and explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of utilize those opportunities with my friends who are also entrepreneurs or have businesses. Um to you know, like not only elevate my own business to help promote and elevate theirs too. So you know, I try to take advantage of um, those opportunities uh, where you can like work with another small business. Um, And like I said, I've had, um, I have a lot of friends who are in business now and I was able to, you know, that friend, it was like, it was just me reaching out. Like, you know, I see the photos that you're taking might be with like an iPhone or whatever. Um, maybe I can come in and like take some better photos for you. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. we can work it out in some way. Or, you know, I have a friend also, um, she has like a cupcake business. Um, It's called the Cupcake Bar. And, you know, she does a lot of like events for um, uh, other black uh, bakers. Um, So, you know, I'll come out and document events like that when she needs it. So, you know, I have so many opportunities around me to like grow and explore um, and then also help to promote other people. So I know sometimes people are like, you shouldn't do stuff for free. Um, But you, some some opportunities you need like just to build your portfolio, Um, and it's you know it's easier when it's somebody that you know and love, and you're like I want you to do well too, so you don't feel bad about it. And then and then later like those people start paying you, you know, when they can, you know. So now I have like a network of people who always call me, and they're like, you know, they're doing biz- we're doing business now, you know, and yeah. then they're referring me to other people. So I think. The first step is always just like you have to get out there. You have to ask. You have to let people know what you're doing. I know I don't do that <laughs> enough as an artist, um, but, you know, it's definitely necessary to, like, partner with people or um, to do apprenticeships. Um, that's It's been like the majority of um, me learning, you know, has been working with other people, having mentors um, that could support me or help to guide me or direct me. Um, so you know, I, I definitely um try to do that for myself, you know, and then I also try to give back to other people as well because I know the importance of it.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's great because there always has to be some effort into getting your name out there, whether it's like you said, just starting with connections you already have or just yeah. naturally kind of weaving into conversational, this is what I do. Because it's you're absolutely right. I had a um I had someone, um, a few episodes ago and they were saying, you know, if no one knows who you are, they can't hire you to do something or ask you to do something. So I think that's a really yeah, good lesson.
1: It's so true. And, and it's funny because, you know, like, and I've had situations like that happen before where <laughs> you're like, you see somebody that you know, and they're like, they have like some photos taken or something. You're like, you you know, I take photos, right? <laughs> and you're like, Oh, I forgot, you know, like just because people are busy. So it's like, you can't just assume that, you know, because you're doing something, people are going to know it, mm-hmm. especially in the social media area with like, you know, like all these weird al- algorithms and things right. like that. It's just like, you have to network, you have to talk to people, you have to ask people. <laughs> Sometimes you have to you know, say, can I do this for free this one time, or can Mm -hmm. I work with you? You know, there are a lot of people that, you know, I just respected as artists. I would reach out to them and say, you know, I love the work that you do, especially with photography, because it wasn't something that I was, like, formally trained in. It was like, you know, I want to know, like, the behind the scenes part of it too, like how are you booking people? You know, like mm-hmm. how are you getting people to pose in this way, and it feels so natural. Like, what's you know, like what's yeah. the pro- what's your process? You know, I want to be around that. I want to see it. Um, and I've always been like that kind of person, like hands on. You know, I I need to like be doing stuff. You know, to learn it. So. It's like sometimes you got to ask, sometimes you got to work hard for free, um, and then sometimes it works out.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to say it always does.
1: (laughs) Sometimes it works
0: out. Would you say that, you know, being, you know, a multimedia artist, being talented in different areas, do you personally have like a favorite media that you gravitate to or do you like them all?
1: I think uh I think because of the way I use utilize them or you know like when I first started initially in each of those art forms I think um the way now that I use them is kind of the like same so you know like I I like if I have a certain thing to say in a certain way, you know, I kind of think about which medium will work best for that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And especially for me too, you know, because, you know, I'm still like a shy person, you know, like I don't always want to be vulnerable and stuff like that. I think the reason that podcasting um was so interesting to me was because I felt like nobody could see me (laughs) you know like I could just sit behind a mic I could talk to a couple people I could like be provocative I could say what I want um and then people just listen if they like it they do if they don't they don't you know and I'll do it again next week you know (laughs) so it's like it kind of had no obligation for me in that sense um And then in some, you know, instances, like there's like a sense of urgency where I'm like, you know, maybe people need to see this concept visually, you know, like maybe this needs to be in like film form or, you know, like as a a photographic piece or something like that. So I kind of, um, try to use them, um, in a way that'll help elevate whatever message message it is that I'm trying to get across. Um, but I, I, I love, um, all of them. <laughs> I don't want to say equally. I don't know. We just, um, I, I just had a live performance for our podcast, um, last Wednesday and I haven't done theater in probably like 10 years or so. Um, And it was, like, the most invigorating thing, you know? So, you know, all those feelings came back. I was just like, wow, this is awesome, you know? Like, when can I do this again? So just thinking about ways um, that I can, like, like I said, like, use these things together um, in ways that will, like, push forward my agenda or my mission. Like, I'm all for it, you know? Like, and if there's something new that I can learn, I want to do that, too, you know, and Mm -hmm. incorporate it, so.
0: That's awesome. I... I feel the same way because I'm very similar in that I like doing different things like writing film and stuff. And yeah. I think it's true. I think it just sometimes depends on like what your project is or what mood you're in, but it's really mm-hmm. hard to, to just pick one because they all, they all do something different. <laughs> um, now you mentioned that you've done a lot of nonprofit work with different um arts organizations, um, which is really interesting. So I would love to kind of know how you got started and what kind of work you've done. If that's kind of, if you feel that that's helped or influenced your own work.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, I mean, for me, I've always, uh, I said I was an eighties baby (laughs) a little while ago. Uh, and, and I kind of feel like, uh, people who grew up in that generation, you're kind of like, um, push towards the like stability road kinda. It wasn't like you should, you know, become an entrepreneur or become an actor or an animator. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like that. It was like you should go to school and you need to be like a teacher or a psychology major or something that they feel is stable so that you'll have like a viable career or successful, successful career in their eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was kind of like pushed towards the same thing. Like I was always a creative kid. I did like so many types of like arts programs. Um, and, and when it was time for me to go to school it was like, I want to do art, you know, like I want to be an art major, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that was theater, you know, Uh, some type of visual arts or drawing and my parents were like uh no (laughs) they're like uh you know maybe you'll do like psychology or something like that and do some theater stuff on the side um so that's kind of just what I did you know I'm like (laughs) I listened to my parents so and then you know I started like working in like um you know the social services stuff like that and I was just like so exhausted and it was like I felt like I couldn't be creative, you know, I couldn't do these things or I always had to do something on a side. So it would be like, you know, I'm volunteering for some <laughs> organization or I'm shooting something on, on the weekends or like right after I get home from work. And it was like, those are the things that made me the motion, most impassioned, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like, maybe I should go back to school for, I'm like, you know, now that I'm grown, I'm out of school, I've been in the working world for some time, it was like, you know, it's probably, like, too late (laughs) for me to, like, go back, you know, like, think that I'm going to be, like, an actor, a big-time Broadway actor now or something, but it was, like, you know, I I had so many friends who were um, in the arts, and they were doing programs in the community for children or starting programs, you know, um, Mm -hmm. where they were, like, teaching their art or, you know, just inspiring youth or adults or, you know, anyone just bringing art to people you know when it was being cut from schools and and programs and it was like they didn't know the business aspect of it you know it was like they were geniuses in their art forms and teaching people and and creating curriculums um but then it was like how to be a sustainable business or, you know, how to five, for five four 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 one C three, mm-hmm. you know, these various things, five, one C threes, you know, so it was like, they didn't know like the, the business aspect of it, or, you know, how do you pitch, you know, to an educational facility and have like documentation or lesson plans. Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe I'll go to school for this and then learn this. And then, you know, like I could be, you know, a support, to these arts organizations in the city.
0: yeah,
1: And that's kind of what I did. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, I started to find, like, I i think I got really discouraged and I started to find that it was like a lot of people who were in like executive positions um, and they had no degrees in this work. You know, it was just like, they were just out there doing the work all that time, you know? Um, and then I was just like coming out and I'm like, I know this stuff, you know, like where, where the jobs. So it just became, um, just pretty discouraging and, you know, I just kind of like fell back on it and didn't finish, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's something that I still regret to this day, but I still take that, uh, like the knowledge and the skills that I have into those other organizations. So, um, a lot of times when I would be like, you know, just at work, like, you know, just feeling like I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, why don't you volunteer and use these skills to help, you know, another organization? Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked with, you know, uh, a, in an organization called Love Now Media that, you know, creates multimedia projects that promote justice, wellness, and equity. Um, and every year they do like an annual, uh, 11 day, uh, program. Uh, <laughs> this is like 11 days consecutively where they bring like, you know, organizations and people from all across the city, um, to just talk about, you know, different things like advocacy, to have fun, um, you know, and talk about how love impacts and influences, you know, the work that we do. Um, and I've worked with, uh, the Stockton Rush Bartol Foundation, which is, um, a program that provides resources and grants to organizations that um, work with teaching artists um, in their community. So making sure that teaching artists you know, know how to um, conduct themselves as, as a business, how to write curriculums, how to secure money for their programming, um, how to write their artist statements. Um, and, then, and then I also work with another organization called um, Small But Mighty Arts, which is a micro-granting organization that gives micro-grants to artists at um, you know at pivotal pivotal times in their um, creative process. So it may be at a point where they're like, "Man, if I just had like three hundred more dollars to to hire this editor, like I could finish this project," or you know, if I just had this amount of money to get these projects into a film festival, then I think we really could like secure and get some momentum. Um, So just uh, providing supports for artists. Um, So I I feel like a lot of the organizations that I work with um, now, are definitely, um, or they definitely lend to the values that I have, you know, and the reason that I even wanted to be in that program in the first place was, you know, to, to make sure that the arts are viable and that they're taken seriously, you know, like the arts have impacted almost every facet of my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then working with nonprofits, um, in that capacity has given me, um, more insight as an artist, you know? So when I'm talking to these artists and they're writing these applications, trying to get grants, then I can speak to them in a different way, you know, like from, from the other side, you know, like, and give them that support, you know, or those insiders or those tips so that they can get, you know, access to these resources and to these monies that these cities are, you know, I'm I'm on my soapbox now, but, you know, like the... Cities are all about this like creative capital, but then they don't want to pay the creators. You know, mm, so it's
0: Absolutely. Like, I'm in
1: the city of murals, you know, I'm not saying that I'm sure the people who are doing the murals are getting paid for that. But, you know, like there are instances where, you know, artists are not being taken seriously, but they are creating these environments that people want to live in, you know, these, you know, programs that are helping children in other aspects of their, you know, education like math or, you know, whatever, helping them be more creative Mm -hmm. in their thinking and their processes and being more critical um, so, you know, it's, I I I kind of, like, try to glean whatever skills and knowledge I can from whatever I'm doing so that I can get back and help people in the same capacity that I've been helped because I feel like a lot of stuff that I've had to do because I don't have formal learning and all these things, like, I've had to rely on a lot of people, you know, and, you know, like, I want people to be able to rely on me, too, and to feel like, you know, like she, she really supports what I'm doing, you know, like, or she really is going to try to help, or she's really going to try to connect me to a resource or to a person. Um, so I try to take that, you know, that aspect and then like, you know, just, just push that forward, pay it forward, you know?
0: Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you say that because these organizations are so important. And I think that, There's, yes, there's pluses and minuses in so many ways because they are so important and create so much opportunity. And like you said, it's not always the best in terms of monetized opportunity, but it really does um, help to create those central connections and starting points that you need. So I think it's fantastic. um, Not only that you've, been a part of it for so long, but that you really, you know, took that interest and found ways that you could get involved and pursue that. I think that's awesome. Okay. So obviously, as you've mentioned before about your new podcast, and I know a big part of that was being selected for um, the Google program. So I'd absolutely love to hear about that.
1: Yes. Um, so that was so exciting. So um the program is called the PRX Uh and Google Podcast Creator Program. And um basically this was the first cohort. And um I think Google was um looking to make some new programming to help with the ease of use of podcasting. And in their uh research, they found that obviously podcasts aren't very diverse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So they're like, um, so most of them are white male centered. And then also most of them are like centered in the US. So they're like, there's so many more people in the world. There's so many different ideas and stories. And there's so many different types of people who could tell those stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they, um, in essence, partnered with Uh, PRX, which, um, stands for public radio exchange. They do a lot of training and programming around podcasting, um, podcast distribution, stuff like that. They're like a big name in podcasting. And, uh, they decided to partner together to do this 20 week intensive where they would bring, um, six, uh, international teams together into a cohort, um, to like train them, give them resources, um, and then provide seed money so that they can um, have a greater platform for these, you know, types of stories. And hopefully, you know, people see that, and then it'll inspire, and encourage more people. My podcast actually had only been out for about three months at the time. It was something I just had. Um, I think I was getting a burnout, so I was doing photography and like film projects and then i was doing like the non-profit stuff and i was like still beholden to all these other people so it was i, I felt again like i wasn't creating something for myself as an artist mm-hmm. you know so like if someone asked me like what i was doing it would be contingent upon someone else's work in a sense um So I was like, you know, I was a podcast addict. (laughs) I'm like, you know, in the car all the time, going to all these different places because I'm freelance. And I was just like listening to this plethora of podcasts, like so many different types of like weird and quirky and interesting topics. And then I was like, I could probably do something like this, maybe, you know. Um, So, you know, like I, I thought about it for a while. I talked to like my partner, And some other people, too, just to, like, gauge it and see how they felt about it. And I was like, I'm going to do it, you know. And I wasn't, people were like, "Uh, don't do a podcast. (laughs) You're not going to make any money. It's, like, too much work for the, you know, like, the effort. And I was like, I don't, you know, like, I don't care. You know, I just want to do it. I want to, like, I just want to see. You know, I want to see if it'll be interesting. I want to see the stories that I'll get to hear. And I did it. And it was a weekly podcast um, and it was just me and then like my partner who I had bullied into helping me. (laughs) So it was like, we didn't know what we were doing. And then like at the end of the three months, we did like 14 episodes. And I was like, I'm exhausted. Like (laughs) This is going to be it. We're going to take a break, maybe reevaluate some stuff. And then, you know, like just do a a season two or something. And then Mm -hmm. like in that break, Someone sent me uh, the the link for the Google Podcast Creator program, and they were like, "Oh, don't you have a podcast?" Um, see, and this is what I mean about telling people what you do, right? <laughs> telling people what you do because if they hadn't said it, you know, like I probably wouldn't even known about it, or I would have had less time to work on the application. So, uh, a friend of mine um, named Sherelle, she lives in New York. We went to uh, like theater school when I was younger. She was like, "Don't you have this podcast? Um, you should, you should do this." And I'm like, "Okay, great." I complete the application, and I almost didn't finish it. Like, so like something had came up. The I guess the weekend before it was due, and um, it was like an hour or two before the deadline, and I was like in the bed, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm hurt. I can't. I'm going to sleep. It's going to be an early night. And then my partner was like, and then I like just popped out of it. Like, I think the application is due tonight. So I ended up, like, getting up and then, like, you know, just forcing myself to finish it. I got it in yeah. on time, luckily. Um, luckily. Just because <laughs> of what happens now, right? <laughs> That's what I win. Yeah. So. Um, But, yeah, so, you know, like, they contacted us, and, you know, they had, like, I guess, like, a preliminary interview and stuff, and they talked to us. And it seemed like they really liked us, but you never know. You know, you're just like, "Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. But they were saying that we were a finalist at the time, so we were like, you know, like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this isn't an international award. You know, we're just like, that is awesome enough, you know? And then they called us and they're like, uh, you, you won, you know, you're going to be in this program. And it's been like the most amazing thing ever, you know? So we were chosen with five other different podcasts, um, all across the country. Most of them are in the U.S. I would say four of the uh, teams in the first cohort are in the U.S. And then two are outside. So there's a team in uh, Santiago, Chile, and there's a team in um, Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, But yeah, so, you know, we've been able to, you know, be in the same room with podcasters from all across the world with different skill sets. Some of them have worked for like the BBC, Netflix you know um some of them are like huge audio engineers you know they've worked in various capacities um so it's been awesome for us like (laughs) we always say we're like you know at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the rest of them, uh, but it's been it's been totally cool and and no one ever made us felt like we weren't at the same place that they were. So it was just good to be able to talk to other people who had been doing this stuff for longer than us. So so we would go to all fly to Boston um, a couple of times. So we did like a boot camp in the beginning where we learned something called design thinking, which is um. I guess the type of um, process that um, people like in tech and who do like a lot of problem solving, like making apps, stuff like that, um, a process that they do that um, uses like iteration and like prototyping and all that stuff. So we kind of learned a whole new way to think. Um, And then after that, we had to pitch our podcast like every other month (laughs) to like a panel of brand new people from like all over the podcasting world. So we got to pitch to like Jenna Weiss Berman of Pineapple Street Media. We got to pitch to like Jake Shapiro, who does uh, Radiotopia. Um, So people who are like, you know, in all aspects of, you know, podcasting, Um, Noam Hassenfeld, who does um, the audio design and stuff for Today Explained. And then also like seed money, like, and who doesn't want that? Exactly. You know? So, yeah, so it's been an awesome experience. And then like to end it, we had um, a final showcase. Um, so we had the Mount a live show of our podcast. And then we performed it uh, on Wednesday to an audience in Boston at uh, WBUR's City Space. And that was like amazing. It was, it was so wonderful to see, um, you know, like everybody's podcast growth you know, for that six months, Mm -hmm. um, all live culminating on a stage and it's like amazing, beautiful energy. Yeah. So we've, uh, so it's been, it's been nothing but, um, a wonderful experience. It's been hard. It definitely had, there have been times when we wanted to give up and I was like, forget this podcast. I want to go work on somebody (laughs) else's
0: podcast.
1: (laughs) Uh, Somebody else can do this. Forget about it. You know, so... yes. I I never said, so our podcast is called Who Taught You How to Drive? Um, And it is a, it's basically um, us talking about like human behavior, the human experience through a lens that we don't always talk about, which is driving. So something that we do, some people do every day, all day and think nothing else of it. So, and then, and we kind of explore like those quirky, weird things that happen, those idiosyncrasies that people have, you know, maybe why they feel it's okay to, like, curse at somebody and chase them down. <laughs> like, what? You like, what you wouldn't do that at work, type of thing. <laughs> it's like, you know, we explore why those things happen and, like, you know, like, who these people are behind, like, some of these weird things that they do and how we can all relate to them in some weird way, you know?
0: Absolutely. And so. I think it's fantastic because... And this is for everyone listening. If you have not listened to the podcast, you have to, because first of all, I think it's just hilarious and (laughs) I've laughed so many times listening to it, but it, it is great to, to approach, like you said, life and just our own human experiences and perspectives from a different way. Like you said, something that is so simple and commonplace, such as driving somewhere or the public transportation all these things like you said that we never think yeah. twice about and just seeing how much those simple actions express our lives and our backgrounds I think it's fantastic so I just wanted to throw that in there that everyone should check it out thank you um okay so to kind of wrap up and culminate and I know this is probably a pretty hard question but if you look back on all of the different projects you worked on, jobs you've had, ventures, if you had to kind of sum it up in maybe one or two things, what kind of qualities or decisions do you think had the most impact? Like, would you say, like, oh, it was my patience or it was my ingenuity? What would you say really has driven all the things that you've done?
1: I think primarily... Um... The need or it's more of a need to learn. I think that has propelled me in almost everything that I've done, you know, to be able to be open and learn new things, new experiences, learn about new people, learn about new perspectives, you know, learn about new careers, whatever it is. Um, I have like a, a very inquisitive nature just, um, I, th- I think that's just in mm-hmm. me. Um, and I think a lot, I analyze a lot, you know, so being able to like consume new things and analyzes, you know, like see how I can use it to my own benefit or to other people's benefit has always been like a main motivator for me.
0: That's awesome. I think that's, that's something that we could all use. I think you're right. Having that, that curiosity and that open-mindedness can just open up so many doors we're gonna hop into our lightning round which is my favorite part so we have three fun fast questions and whatever comes to your mind first is what we do (laughs) all right so the first one is what is the last book that you read
1: Mm, all right so (laughs) so i'm a little weird okay so (laughs) Which, I mean, if anyone has listened to my podcast, they would know already. (laughs) But, you know, I like the quirky, like trivia. I'm all about, like, human behavior and stuff. So uh, (laughs) my partner's mom actually just bought me this book not too long ago. And I was reading it on the flight. Uh, It's called WTF. 201 Weird True Facts. And they're all about, like psychology and like human behavior and all that stuff so and some of some of the stuff in here like applies to a podcast so it's partly research okay so don't (laughs) judge me
0: absolutely that actually sounds really fun because I I'm really trying to get back like onto my reading flow and so I'll like read things that people told me to read or things that are popular but I love books that are like taking you out of the box so I'm definitely going to check it out yeah (laughs) All right, so what is the last song that has been like stuck in your heads or on repeat?
1: All right, um, I, that one's easy. It's called Like Sugar by Shaka Khan. I don't know if y'all heard it. Um, right. Throwback, I like um, it. <laughs> actually, it's not a throwback. Okay, it came out in 2019, which is okay. awesome, which I think is awesome. and And that's why I think that's why I chose this song. I was mm-hmm. like, I think I might have been in the Starbucks, actually. I'm always in Starbucks, and I got to, like, Shazam some music or whatever. Uh, But it was during the week that we were there for, uh, like, preparing for the live show. Mm -hmm. And I had, like, so many things on my head. Like, I was trying to memorize lines. I was trying to, you know, just, like, get myself in a headspace. And people who know me know I love, like any kind of music that'll make you dance. You know, I'm always so reserved. So like anything that can make me want to dance in the middle of a Starbucks, I'm like, that's my new song. <laughs> and then the Shaka, I'm like, and this came, I'm like, this came out this year.
0: Right. That, Shaka? Exactly. I didn't even know. That's why it like shocked me, but okay. Now I yes, have it's so nice. I you got to
1: listen to it. You gotta listen to it. You're going to be like,
0: okay, Shaka, I see you coming back for 2019. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Okay, so last but not least, what is a quote or saying that you kind of live by? All right, so
1: this is, um, so this this quote, I I came to this quote after I bought a t-shirt from one of my favorite t-shirt companies, it's called Philadelphia Printworks, they have a t-shirt with Grace Jones on it, and she's like licking her tongue out on the front, it's like so dope. Um and the quote that she has on there is I can't run out of different ideas. I am different. when can I run out of me?
0: whoa
1: and I think I think that's like wow. just something to live by you know especially as a creator you mm-hmm. know like and especially me like I was saying just coming to like the reality that I am an artist and that I am you know that I can dabble in all these different mediums it's like, I can always make something different, you know, like I I can just move on to something else. Like, yeah, I could be doing photography today, but tomorrow I could be doing some like audio producing or Mm -hmm. I could go shoot a film or music video or, you know, like, you know, so just just understanding that, you know, if you are somebody who creates and a creative person that you can always like think of something different.
0: I love that. That is, I'm going to put that, I have a little um, wall of like quotes where I add things and that one's definitely going on there. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, All right. So obviously we're going to want to follow you as well as follow the podcast who taught you how to drive. So what are the best places to do that? Uh,
1: You can, we're on, I think all of the social media. So we're on Facebook. You can like, Google. Who told you how to drive? Um, Instagram. Who told you how to drive? Twitter it's just the letters, so W T Y H two D and then pod. Um, and yes, and then we also got uh a, a new phone number. So we are doing a new segment. Um, it's called Karma, mm-hmm. and we are having people call in. Um, and tell us their deepest car confessions in 60 seconds or less you know so
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: and some of them might get put into the episode we already got a couple that were like slated to go in episodes so if you have a deep dark confession it could be good or bad you know maybe you know you had your first love experience or something in your car something interesting 215-259-8508 okay Right. and email us who taught you how to drive everything is who taught you how to drive on this <laughs> on on uh itunes whatever your favorite podcast uh platform is please leave a rating leave some suggestions you know some ways we could do better we love to hear like feedback and stuff so
0: that's awesome fantastic well yeah This has been such a joy, and I am so thankful to you again for not only taking some time out, but sharing so many great stories and tips with the audience. Um,
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome.
0: Absolutely. And everyone, be sure to um, check out the podcast and share it with your friends. You've been listening to Meraki Mentors Podcast with Candace Howes. We're honored you chose to
1: spend your time with us today. To learn more about today's guest or the podcast, visit
0: Podcast.com. Don't forget to create and connect.